You're listening to the Morning Buzz. To the Morning Buzz. To the Morning Buzz. The Morning Buzz on 90.3. 90.3. 90.3. 90.3 WMSC. WMSC. WMSC Upper Montclair. Upper Montclair, New Jersey. Good morning, all. You're listening to 90.3 WMSC Upper Montclair, New Jersey. It is the Tuesday edition of the Morning Buzz. It is the 20th of April, 2021. And I am so excited for today. It's a great day. It was a little warmer out this morning. And we have a great show prepared for you all out there. We got a lot of news and entertainment news going on. And we have an interview with Boardroom Skate at the end of this hour today, which is going to be exciting. But I want to introduce the rest of who I am with today. I am joined by my lovely co-host. Caitlin Arisisaba. How are you, Caitlin, today? Good, good. I haven't stepped outside yet, so I'm glad to hear that it's nice out. I'm getting my second dose of the vaccine in a little bit. So. Yay! That's so exciting. And yeah, it's really nice out today. I think it's supposed to be about um, 72 degrees, but I'm sure Emma will share that with us in a little bit, what the weather is. And But I just said her name, but we are also joined by Emma, our news contributor. Hi, Emma. Hi, good morning. And of That's course, we are... Oh, no, go ahead. And of course, we are joined by our sports uh, caster, Ben. Yo, I'm Ben. <laughs> um, but before we kick into uh, all the great stories we have prepared for you all today, uh, Emma, what's going on in the world? Some good stories. So good morning, everyone. I'm Emma Coughlin, and here are the latest news updates on 90.3 WMSC Upper Montclair. The Derek Chauvin trial is in the hands of the jury, both prosecution and the defense told the jury to use common sense when deciding the verdict, citing the video where Chauvin knelt on George Floyd's neck for over nine minutes. The U.S. military has prepared for protests and riots to break out following the verdict in Minneapolis and other cities across the country. Walter Mondale, former vice president under President Jimmy Carter, has died at the age of 93. Mondale was a huge liberal political figure in his time, and in 1984, he ran for president against Ronald Reagan, Mondale lost in a landslide. And the state of New Jersey is now providing an option to put an X under the gender category on a driver's license. This change is meant for those who are non-binary or gender fluid or those who just don't want to share their gender. We have some beautiful weather today, as Amanda said, with a high of 72 and a low of 46, and it will be mostly sunny for the majority of the day. This concludes your news update for April 20th, 2021. For WMSC, I'm Emma Coughlin, and I hope you have a great day. Thank you, Emma, for that news update. And why don't we move right over to sports? What's going on in the sports world, Ben? Well, if you're a Yankee fan, that stinks. Um, Yankees have their worst starting record uh, since 2005, I believe. At 5-10, and 10, they are just playing terrible. So if you're a Yankee fan, that's unfortunate. Uh, but if you're a Mets fan or a Phillies fan, it's a good, good time to be watching baseball as the Mets are 7-4 and four and the Phillies are 8-8, eight and eight, as they both come off to good starts, unlike, well, the Yankees. Uh, also last night, the Sixers lost to Steph Curry and the Warriors. Um, and also there's um, another news is just basically the draft will be coming up next week. So if you're going to make your predictions, make your uh, draft anal- analyzing picks, the because personally I have, a draft day pick where whoever gets the most points in the first round uh, doesn't have to buy fast food that day. But uh, 
if it's your turn, get ready to make your bets. Now would be the time to start uh, analyzing and figuring it out. As uh, um, also coming up this week is, uh, I think, two or three, maybe only one. But I think there's more than one championship belt on UFC fight night this coming up weekend, I heard. It's a pretty good lineup. So if you like watching people, you know, beat the crap out of each other, Saturday is your night. Thank you, Ben, for that. Uh, so, moving along with our the rest of our show for the day. You know, I was thinking about, like, stories kind of going on, and I know there's a lot of COVID news, and there's a lot we're waiting on the the verdict from this trial with, uh, with Derek Chauvin. Um, and there's just a lot of that stuff going on. And I figured we, we should take a break from a little bit of that today and see what else is kind of going on in the news world a little bit. And I know Caitlin agrees with me because there's not really much to add yet. Um, obviously, we don't have the answer to that trial yet, what um, what the verdict will be. And COVID news, not much has changed, really. It's There's still COVID. That's the thing. Uh, but something else that's kind of been going, um, going on during this uh, COVID pandemic is the idea that us as students may not have to worry about as many loans after we graduate from college. And this has kind of been going on for a little bit now, but it's been seeming like with the Biden administration that it might actually be more of a reality for a lot of us. I know it's always been a personal like dream of all of ours, I'm sure, to not have to worry about as many loans or our loans in general. But uh, this was an article posted by CNBC, and it was basically just kind of figuring out, so are we getting maybe 10,000 off, 50,000 off, or like, who is it going to apply to? And this was a whole article having to do with it. But before I get into this, uh, what are your guys' thoughts? I'm sure you all have loans that are sitting here. Uh, do you think this is something that might actually happen? Do you, are you, I mean, I don't know if some of you guys might have paid for college outright. I don't know. Uh, but how do you guys feel about this? I hope it happens. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I feel like this is an issue that we have talked about before and it's nothing that has really been concrete like nothing's actually come from it but I hope that we start to see some change because I think that'd be really awesome because I think like I've heard a lot of people say like oh but what about the people who already paid off their student loans but there's a lot of people who are like like grown adults who are still paying loans so that's what this article kind of goes in and says because the article kind of divides everything into little bits about this. Um, there's the idea of what if we're forgiving people by what they studied, by their age, by uh, how much they took out. Um, and there's like all by profession, all of that could apply to this. We don't know yet. And this is still up in the air. It could not happen at all. And that's a reality we might still be facing too. But I think it's interesting that by like, maybe by like what your profession is or by your income, you might be getting like more have have more of an opportunity to go away from the loans if that makes any sense so I know they're like uh I know Kenny is on the back end today and Kenny Horn the assistant producer of the morning buzz and he was just saying that his dad's still paying off loans a lot of people are still paying off loans there in this article it talks about a woman who's like 72 years old and she's still paying off loans and that's crazy and that shouldn't be (laughs) yeah I I agree. I think that, like, I don't know if it's going to happen, like, soon, but it has to happen at some point because 
it's just getting ridiculous. Like we pay way too much, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to happen like this year or within this administration's time in office, just because I think there's a lot of people who don't agree with this at all. Um, So it would be really difficult for this administration, but I do think it's going to happen eventually. Yeah, I, I'm curious. I really am because I know the 10,000 is a lot less than 50,000 and that might seem more likely to happen. And I'd be okay with either because obviously either would help. But I think it's interesting that that it just might go this way and it might be more based off of it's not just going to be the whole population that has student loans it could it could very well be like oh you're over 65 and you still have loans all right let's let's knock you guys off first with this um or they should do that though Mm -hmm. like this says canceling student loans for people over the age of 65 would cost the government around 59 billion and impact 2 million people it's a big number i mean they're both big numbers yeah awesome i and i just think about too how I know a lot of teachers and such that took out student loans to go to school and they're still paying it off and they're pay- they're working like two or three jobs already because they just can't afford it. And it's, it's true. And it's kind of like a sad reality that we live in that people have to have two or three jobs to even, you know, make ends meet to begin with and then to have to pay off loans for a career that is very important. So yeah. I don't know. I think that's, it's interesting. And I think the other thing, that people need to remember with the whole idea of, you know, what am I trying to say? The whole (laughs) idea of, you know, people getting mad that people would get this paid off for them is college wasn't the same price that it was 20, 30 years ago. Even like, if you look at the prices, like just a few years back, it was, it's drastically changed. Yeah. And it's not even the loan itself it's the interest that kills everyone yeah that's the worst part (laughs) it's not like you're just like here's twenty thousand dollars i'll pay it back within like you know quite how many years it's twenty thousand and then after you graduate it adds more and i'll use my personal experience technically it's supposed to be six months after you graduate that a loan starts to build interest i took out some nj loans like new jersey state loans I got a letter in the mail and they said, oh, June something was when you'll start building interest. June, like two months from now. I don't even think I'm going to be fully graduated yet. And I'm going to have a letter sitting in my mailbox that says, all right, your time to build interest, time to build interest to your loan, which is nuts. Because who has a job two weeks after they graduate or barely? Yeah. It's just not it's really tough now. It's really tough now, too, because people aren't finding jobs because of the pandemic exactly like but the like actual cost of college hasn't gone down so it's like just this constant like difficulty of like there's less jobs but school is still more expensive I mean it's just gonna get to a point where it's like impossible and we've talked about this on the buzz too that like a lot of colleges in New Jersey not Montclair but a few other ones did freeze their tuition like when it was the new uh, semester, like last year, like in the fall, but Montclair didn't. And a lot of colleges also didn't because they just either raised prices or they kept, they just didn't care about the students in that way, which is rough too, you know? Uh, Ben, you've been pretty quiet during all of this. What are your thoughts? I think that number one thing is it's just room and board is absolutely disgusting. I think it, most classes, if it makes sense, it makes sense that 
a smart university is more expensive, blah, 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 blah. But the fact that the room and board is absolutely atrocious of so much money for such, such little amenities is just absolutely jaw dropping because most of that money goes to other things. And I think that that is a huge problem. Like literally right now, I paid an absorbent amount of money for to walk out to a giant tub getting water filled from the ceiling. I'm like, I, I, that's not, it's not what I paid for. But uh, the, so I think that overall there is a need for either one side to give. And I like that we don't have to pay as a side to give. So <laughs> I don't know. It, I don't know the ifs and buts and ands and the replic, uh, the what would happen if this does happen. But selfishly, I don't care. <laughs> you make a good point, though, Ben, with the whole room and board specifically. But I'm looking even at the, the pandemic that we're in right now. Think about it. We've talked about it for multiple weeks here on The Buzz, on the Tuesday edition and the other editions of The Morning Buzz, about how you guys are paying to live in a residence hall right now. And we've talked about the issues that Montclair has had with res life right now and such like that. And we're, what can you guys do? Maybe have one guest over to your room. And I understand it's a pandemic and I understand a lot of other things, but I mean, to say you can't do certain things in the room you pay already, like what, $15,000 for? That's crazy. You're paying to live in a cell basically and I mean maybe Ben and Caitlin you could like add a little more about like actually living on campus during this but like I mean wouldn't you say it's kind of crazy then that you're paying so much to live in a dorm it, it is crazy sell sell okay sell. It, it's a nice sell you live in Denalo <laughs> and I live in Machuga it's nicer than some of the other residence halls but I mean yeah you're kind of stuck there a lot I, my biggest complaint with Montclair is the food situation because since well, that's the pandemic another thing there's way less options and everything closes so early. The weekends are the worst too. They say you can't leave on the weekends, but everything is closed by like six o'clock on Friday and Saturday. And nothing's like open on Sunday. It's like the weirdest thing. So you have to order food and they don't want you to leave. It's just, it makes no sense. The you're, logic. You're paying for a different experience than you were paying. Like I would say in 2019. Basically. Yeah. I think first, first semester was very different when I was living on campus. It, you know, you had like things like the gym open all hours and like having events on campus. And yeah, sure. Are some of those things still a thing. Yeah. But it's like based on their schedule and not yours. Yeah. Like you used I mean, to have the gym is a little better. They're, they're open until like 10 o'clock every night. I think eight o'clock on the weekends. But technically I might be wrong, but wasn't that something that used to be open till like midnight, midnight or something? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You could go for a workout at like 1130, 12 at night because it was based on what worked for you maybe you wanted to study and do all your work all day and then go to the gym you know what I mean like it's I don't know but I I think that's what that's what's rough specifically about like taking out these loans now is because you're not you don't even feel like you're getting the full college experience anymore where you're like cool I like went away with my friends and we hung out in all our dorms and we did all these cool events on campus and blah 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 and now that's not even really a thing anymore that's true it's true and it's so expensive to be paying for that Mm -hmm. yeah so I mean, technically, I guess if you look at it in a different way, you could say like, oh, well, you made the choice to live on campus. You made the choice to not take a gap semester or a gap year and you are paying then you should be responsible for those loans. But I don't think that's fair either to say that, too. 
because not everybody has the opportunity yeah like if you took a gap year because of the pandemic and you don't want to be like virtual learning what are you supposed to be doing at home because it's hard to get jobs unless you get like little like i don't know fast food type of jobs and stuff like that but like it's not that hard to get a joe job yeah joe jobs it's also like if i took a gap semester this year like i would start getting interest then so oh wait like yeah that's, that's a good point Don't that's not even interest yeah i i would have started yeah so that's why like i thought about it but ultimately my dad was like that would end up being really stupid because you'd end up paying more like it's cheaper to do school but do it from home so but yeah i mean it depends on you know where you get your loans what your loans are but like for me personally i would have started occurring interest so wow i didn't even think yeah. about that fact that you would probably start to build interest yeah i never even considered it wow no yeah that's that's definitely not an ideal situation so you're kind of stuck in <laughs> stuck in a hard place right now because you, it's either you go to school don't get the best like i don't know best experience with your college money and then or you stay home work a job that you don't want to work and you know build interest so you're kind of just you're just in a sucky place there's not a lot of options it's true (laughs) so I don't know I mean obviously there's no like real update with this yet it just seems like it keeps getting thrown around Um, I know about a week or so ago uh, we had some um, senate members come to our campus and try to like appeal for maybe doing um you know this loan forgiveness kind of thing and we had a little press conference on our campus and so it's definitely something the university obviously wants for us as well but i don't know we're gonna have to see i think we're gonna have to see what happens here and obviously we will keep you updated on the morning buzz if we hear anything in the coming weeks or coming months but for right now we're gonna just have to see and wait so Anyways, we will move away from this topic. And Caitlin, what is going on with our COVID updates? Okay, so uh, COVID vaccine passports could be banned under a New Jersey bill that's being considered. It's like not official, but it's something that has been talked about. So this is from NJ.com. I didn't even know that people were considering, like, I didn't know we were against vaccine passports. I guess that's kind of silly to think about. Yeah, I didn't realize like that was actually like, they were looking into bills to make sure it doesn't happen. But um, a Republican senator wants to use the, uh, wants to ban the use of vaccine passports because that would be like taking away from your freedoms because some places could deny you access to work or events or and stuff like that. Um, so as the article says, as the ranks of vaccinated Americans grow, vaccine passports have become a source of controversy. And advocates say passports will allow the country to reemerge safely from the pandemic and get back to normal, while opponents argue that they restrict personal freedoms and privacy rights. So what I thought was interesting is that the Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and Texas Governor Greg Abbott already have taken executive actions in some form to ban vaccine passports, which I feel like I haven't heard about anything official happening yet. So that's crazy. And then on the other hand, New York has introduced the voluntary excelsior pass to provide digital proof of vaccine status or negative COVID-19 test results. So we just kind of have these two different situations. And our governor, Phil Murphy, said that he's open to the idea of passports, 
passports, but that it's a matter for the federal centers of disease control and prevention. So I just thought that was interesting because the fact that there are already states that are like trying to ban the use of it and then other states are like, no, we need that. Does that mean like when you travel between states, like they're going to check that type of stuff? It's just all very... It's going to be different, I think, for everybody. Um, I was actually reading a little article last night from NJ.com and it was talking about how um, NJ Pack is trying to reopen and they're going to require either a vax, like you're fully vaccinated or you're going to require a test if you're not getting get vaccinated. So we're going to start to see this. I know it seems like it's very early in the game, but um, yesterday the morning buzz also talked about the fact that we have reached a halfway point where half like half of the United States, I believe, is at least fully vaccinated, which is crazy. And that because that was that happened really fast. And yesterday, uh, eligibility eligibility opened up for the whole United States for anyone 16 and older to get a vaccine. There's no like requirements. You just need to be 16 and older. And you could do that in your given state as long as you're working or studying there or living there. And I think this is going to become a little more of a common thing that you see start to see in the next few months as more and more people get vaccinated. People are going to want proof because people are going to want to like make sure that they're being safe because at the end of the day, no one wants a lawsuit either. That's like, oh, I got COVID at your business. Oh, I got COVID at this thing. And like, his, you know, people will try to pull that stuff too. So the idea is if everybody's vaccinated, you took the proper precautions or if everyone's vaccinated or if everyone's tested or whatever. Um, I will note with the whole thing with Governor DeSantis in Florida, my best friend goes to school in Florida and her school was one of the first people to start um, allow after Rutgers, of course, allowing uh, saying that next semester, everyone's going to have to be vaccinated. And that was a big thing because that was in Florida. And not a lot of schools are doing that in Florida because Florida is a totally different animal than New Jersey, if you, you think about that. And so obviously they receive some press and stuff and they don't know if they're exactly allowed to uh, ban it, like the passports, because if the school decides or it's okay, it's a different thing. So they're kind of reviewing the laws and stuff that DeSantis is trying to put into place. But it is something to note that even though people like DeSantis is trying to say you can't do that, it doesn't mean the school's not going to try anyways. So that's going to be something to keep an eye out for as well. But I know because that happened, places like Disney World might not be able to, depending, because in the executive order, it says even private establishments can't, which I don't know how that's allowed. I was just going to say, can't a school do that, though? But wait, wait, that... because all right so if you look at something like disney disney's a private establishment and they can kind of say like at the beginning of the pandemic you have to wear a mask because technically we are a company we're a business we could say whatever you want you could tell them to wear a pink shirt and they have to wear a pink shirt and that's the thing you're a business you you could say whatever you want but in this executive order and i don't have the executive order up in front of me but i did see it like trending when it first came out it said even private establishments will have don't have to be like is they don't have to require it when i was reading the article i thought it was interesting because people were saying that it's like your private health issues and that's why you shouldn't be able to walk around with a vaccine passport but that's like that's ridiculous what how is that a private health it's just a vaccine we're living in a pandemic too it's a different world like you can't just say like that's it's completely different than any other medical record i also think it has to do with i mean do we have to recall the whole thing when we were talking about universities trying to like like 
bring in vaccinations like you have to get vaccinated to go to college it's the same thing there's medical yeah. records uh, uh, like literally set up and technically if people are worried about like carrying around a vaccine card or something you're carrying around a license most people carry around their social security most people do all that that's still your private information and and my answer to all of that when people complain about like these passports or whatever they're complaining on facebook and we are live on facebook right now and i'm fully ready to say this facebook is tracking your information and it happens and it's it's an internet server. People know what's happening. People know what's going on. You're posting on the biggest social media platform. They know what's happening. So why are you so concerned about them carrying a piece of paper in your wallet? That's just my two cents on that. No, yeah, I, I get that. <laughs> and like you mentioned, the like you have a license that's government issued that you show to people. I feel like a license is even more invasive. Like you carry all a your passport. Yeah, like a vaccine passport is just gonna say what day you got vaccinated and which vaccine like that's it makes no sense and like your license has your address your height your eye color your weight like i'm i'm curious to see what new jersey does because i do know new york i have some family in new york and they have an app that you could just like log the thing on so if you're just going to a concert or something you could just show it and you're like here i got vaccinated yeah so high tech i love that yeah it's just like a simple app but like other places around the world have already been doing that with tests and stuff australia was doing that since like last year they had like I will an app. Say, the first experience I've had with an app during COVID is Montclair's rapid test. Their app that you get your results on is so cool. You have a, a rapid little... test app? I didn't even know about that. Yeah, if you live on campus, you have to get the you get PCR tests every other week. Oh, because you get the rapid. Get, yeah. The week you don't get PCR, you get two rapid can, tests. Can and I, it comes up on your phone. Can I address how we get tested here? Sure, go ahead. Talk about I it. I find it to be absolutely abysmal the way we do our rapid tests. Why? Because we do it two days back to back, which first of all is, makes no sense. <laughs> first of all, that's one. Like, why? I would like an explanation because it's not like we're gonna suddenly get COVID in forty-eight hours if we're all locked here. <laughs> like, well, the like incubation period is one to two days. I think yeah. that could be why. I think that's why. Can I say the one thing that doesn't make sense about the Res Life testing is why you guys get a rapid test when people have already come to the conclusion that rapids don't work as well unless you're like at the height of That's, the infection you ready to hear this amanda we have to give ourselves the rapid test you think i'm sticking that thing up there that deep i'm pick i'm giving her my boogers and i'm like here you go <laughs> oh <laughs> um, like, i'm just i just like go oh man i'm, just, <laughs> I'm like why, why am i gonna hurt myself i'm like well i also that's just like a side note real quick i feel like every time i get a covid test it's so different like i don't feel like it's ever yeah, the same it is different every single time it depends on the nurse that you have like everyone does it differently you ever have that one nurse that's like really mean sticks up there and disregarding oh, yeah. your brain yeah. Well, well, also adding to our whole idea of carrying around a vaccine passport, by the way, I just remembered because I remembered when I was giving this the first few times I was getting tested on campus. I have to bring my health insurance like because I wasn't part of the whole res life, like get tested with them. We, the arts were getting tested separately and we had to bring our health insurance every time. A printed copy. Yeah, a printed copy of my our roommate, health insurance. My I roommate does that. on campus with like my health insurance. Like, hi, everybody. Here's my yes. My roommate does it all the time because she's a music major. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. And But 
with the, the whole point of the rapid thing i don't understand because why don't you guys just do one pcr one week and then the next pcr the next week because that's what i do now that's for... what i mean like if what's the point of the rapid like just make us do pcr every single week if you want us to get tested so much and versus like pcr two rapids pcr two rapids yeah it's like, probably cheaper oh that's probably come why. on but then but then <laughs> the science is that the the rapids don't even work as well i, right? I mean they're but a little more cheaper. accurate <laughs> They're more accurate after the incubation period. Like okay. if you were exposed like yesterday and you took a rapid today, that's not as accurate. But if you took okay. a rapid in three days, that would be more accurate. But like, wouldn't you guys all think it would make more sense just to do, you know, like on Tuesday, I go get my PCR. And then like the following Tuesday, I get my next PCR. You know what I mean? Because that's what I do now at this point. Um, I don't know. Because I have Montclair, to get tested. Montclair has like instilled this type of paranoia in me that it's so, I like knowing so I like getting the rapid two times a week just because I know. I don't you know. You know, that's a good point too. Like as much as like, I feel like I've gotten tested way more in the past few months. Like I feel like it helps me be like, okay, cool. I'm not, I don't have COVID. Like, yeah. Like if I get a headache or something or I wake up sneezing, I'm like, oh, I'm not like, oh my God, I have COVID. Cause I just got a negative test, which is like silly, but it's going to be weird. I think in the summer to come home and be working again at my job at home and not just not know because I'm not going to be getting tested the well, way I do. the good thing I is never you're going to be that. upset that you're not getting a, I'm not going to be like upset a, but I, I don't think I'm stuck not up your nose every week it doesn't like bother me but it's could go a couple bother. weeks without getting a test knowing that I'm safe if I keep myself safe I will be kind of glad that I don't have a nurse just sticking right. something on the other thing the other thing will be that you'll be fully vaccinated because you're getting vaccinated the second dose today so there That's you go true. I will be fully vaccinated so. Yeah, that's a I mean, good point though because i i've literally gotten one covid test in my life like ever and it was only when like there was a confirmed case in my house so like if i have any issues like it, it's a little freaky <laughs> so that's kind of nice people. actually i mean i don't think i would enjoy getting tested every week but that would be a nice luxury to have. This is important to note because I think um, I think this is a question that we've gotten from some of the people that are watching on Facebook before. So as I recall, and as I know, and as a student that is also getting tested, and it might be different for Res Life, but as I am aware, you still have to get tested even if you're fully vaccinated, even though the CDC guideline is that technically if you're fully vaccinated, unless you have symptoms, you do not have to get tested. And... So that's what's a little weird too. But then again, we are at a private institution that could kind of just say, hey, you have to do this. You have to get tested. You have to do that. And it's held against you. Welcome to Montclair State University. It's, it's all, all here. here. Except <laughs> do you think that that's going to continue next semester? Does anyone know about that? They haven't required vaccines yet. So I don't know. I don't think they're going to be as excessive with the testing, but they probably still won't make us get tested. I think they're going to make us, what would be the smart decision is to just have us all have to get vaccines and be fully vaccinated with proof so that, that we you have all your own did bubble. it. And then just, not even that, just like, it, then all your students are vaccinated and have a normal semester. The, that the, the out thing, of the blue. <laughs> I, I'm curious to see what Montclair does about that, because I feel like they might mandate it, but I also feel like they might not. Um, because they still want to be, I feel like, liked as a university, if they're seeing, like, Rutgers that's only a little bit away, is like, oh, we're mandating it. Maybe we can get more people to come here if, like... Yeah, don't. Montclair usually requires... What Rutgers does, Montclair usually ends up doing, so I don't um, know why I've seen things. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know. It's going to be something interesting to keep out for, for sure. 
And obviously you guys will have to keep me posted because you guys will see the next semester of what it's like during hopefully not Zoom University anymore, but hopefully more of a normal university life. But um <laughs> Do you think we're gonna keep in contact with you, man? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> you didn't have to hurt my feelings on the airwaves. You could have waited until I was off the call. <laughs> um anyways, uh we're gonna segue out of that because <laughs> before we take a quick break i think this is just a funny really odd story that caitlin found to chat about today uh caitlin do you want to introduce it yeah the cup story right yeah (laughs) okay so this couple discovered that a man has been tossing used cups in their yard for three years this is from ap news wait what yes (laughs) wait a minute hold on hold up he just was he drink a drink and he just goes hold on honey and then just sneakerly goes into like as if like yeah, a used, and just throws a cup in there. Use coffee cups it was that he was throwing and it's so funny. Literally three years, this couple just didn't know why or who was doing it, and I think they set up a camera and then they were able to see what the car and then they called the police and gave the police the license plate. So they got the guy and it was. <laughs> when you realize who it is this is so funny um oh my god I lost my spot I want to get it so it was basically the man the wife worked with the man and they had like disagreements at work and stuff and he that was just his way to get back at her for three years for three years for three years his way of getting back at her was throwing coffee mugs see the woman said that he once worked with her and they had disagreements over union issues and that was yeah but he was charged with harassment and ticketed for throwing for refusing wait for throwing re- refuse onto a roadway yeah like, he has a that's that's a that's a logical solution to your problems just throw coffee cups right at their house i mean it's that's like a- at least tp it next time <laughs> i mean You're that makes somebody something. go crazy though because they're like who is doing this and why is it just our house <laughs> Like this what is, is? Can you imagine waking up say, and be like, "Oh, there's the coffee mug." The, it's like an Easter bunny. Oh, the coffee mug guy came. I will say that this is something that I'm pretty sure is happening at my house, like over the summer. <laughs> is it the same uh, guy? What is this? What is I this new form so. of vi- like? This was in upstate New York. Yeah, no, this is not where I am. I I think so. I I have a pretty big backyard, for like a sort of busy suburb somewhat um but we have a giant holly bush that's basically the size of a tree at the back um and you can't really see like we have a string of row homes behind us and you can't really see like they're a little part of their I guess driveways don't really have yards but driveways um but I was sitting in the backyard one day and the guy living behind us like I saw him it looked like he threw something in the back of the bush so I went over and I was like, hi, did you just throw a cup in my yard? <laughs> I was like, I'm going to ask him because it looked like you did. And he was like, no, no. Oh, my God. <laughs> no. So, so I just like went back there and sure enough, there was a cup in the yard. Um, I don't think he does it anymore because we ended up trimming it. So now you can see. Um, and it wasn't just because of that. It was mostly so we can see the dog when she goes back there. But yeah, like. 
I don't, when you first so told the story, funny. I was like, it's probably just a neighbor who's being rude because that wait, wait. Me. I forgot the crazier part of the story. I'm terrible. Um, the man is 76. He's been doing this for three years. I don't know how you find the time in your day to just throw cups in somebody's I need to be aggressive to this person for three years. Let me throw a cup. Like, what? It's just, like, a minor inconvenience. Like, it's not like you're, like, TPing their house every day or something. It's kind of genius, actually. I have to say. Yeah, because that's what I said. Like, it would mess with the people's heads. Like, they're like, where is this coming from? Why is it every day? Why is it the same coffee cup? Yeah. I I think (laughs) also... The funny thing is, I just immediately thought of that story we were talking about a few weeks ago with the petties again. I remember we were trying to figure out, like, was that aggressive because they just gave the guy's paycheck in, like, petties? And then we're like, nah, that's that's not aggressive because who would want to do that? And then we just get this story a few weeks later, so I think it's funny. But, yeah. Anyways. Does anybody else have any final remarks on this story? anything don't throw trash on the ground everyone it's not nice littering is not nice true yeah. he wasn't even charged for littering he was charged for har- harassment that's interesting charged with being a thing like who whose mindset's like this is what i'm gonna do it's like i'm i'm sorry i watched new girl it's like a winston prank where it's just too far and it's not funny or like, it's like a winston prank yeah it's just like it's a no spoilers girl. i just started watching it no spoilers <laughs> Just know Winston's not a good pranker. So when Winston mm-hmm. dies, I'm just joking. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, is that gonna show? <laughs> no, no, but uh, the that's uh that's my thought process. Like, what has gone through this old man's brain? It's like, yeah, this is gonna be it's gonna really get her. Oh, people make no sense. <laughs> All right. Anyways, we are going to take a quick break here on 90.3 WMSC, Upper Montclair, New Jersey. We will be back with an interview shortly with Boardroom Skate, so stay tuned. And we are back here at 90.3 WMSC, Upper Montclair, New Jersey. It is the Tuesday edition of the Morning Buzz, and we are excited to have an interview with Boardroom Skate right now, which Boardroom Skate is a Montclair-based organization aimed at providing girls with a comfortable skating environment to empower women and non-binary people who are comfortable in a woman-centered space. Today, we are joined by the founder, Olivia Carney, as well as other boardroom skate members, Sophia Chapman, August DeVord, and Emma Belsky. I'm sorry if I just butchered any of your names, but thank you so, so much for joining us all today. Hello. Hi, thank you so much for having us. How are you? We're good, I think. Awesome, awesome. Well, we're so excited to have you all. And for our listeners that might have just been hearing about you guys for the first time, tell us a little bit about what Boardroom Skate does and how you came up with the idea. I mean, well, we really just want other girls in our community, non-binary folks who do feel comfortable in the women-centered space, to really just have this safe place to come to every weekend, you know, have that constant reminder that they are going to have that space to skate in so we can all just like enjoy ourselves and you know not worry about those prejudices and things like that um and i think it's been running for almost a year now because we started in august so this upcoming august would be that year that's awesome that's crazy you guys started this like during the pandemic too right like right 
and yeah. it had already been you said August it's already been a couple months too was that kind of a do you think that made that process harder for you I think it definitely did that's um yeah but of course we took like all the safety protocols but I think everyone really needed something we all needed like a safe space and like something to do during the pandemic where like girls and like non-binary people can get out and like um do this like good activity like exactly what Sophie said I think it was kind of like a blessing and a curse with like it was harder like keeping things safe we were really um like worried about that but it was also like I think more people came because people needed like an outlet and a way to express themselves and get outside that's true especially like in the middle of the pandemic in the summer you just needed a little break something to do that's awesome though it definitely helped me I mean just like getting out there and doing a sport hanging out with your friends but you know being able to keep that social distance and you know keeping things safe so yeah I'm assuming that would have been probably the hardest aspect right with like keeping that health and safety stuff going on too like obviously you guys had to wear masks and like obviously try to keep your distance but you also want to make sure everybody's being safe like while riding a skateboard and stuff like that too right I'm assuming yeah like even when I help other girls I like always make sure to use hand sanitizer in between like you know if I have to hold their hands or something like that but we actually like canceled the events in November and then brought them back a couple months later because they're going on now but we just stopped because COVID was just really picking up and we didn't want anybody, you know, to get it or anything. And then we ended up having people register so that we wouldn't like reach the capacity of 50 people for outdoor events. But then he made it, the governor made it to 200. So nobody was getting to 50 anyway. So that's good to know. This sounds like a pretty big group. Like, how did you find all of these people? Like, how did you reach out to them? Um, so we started just like telling our friends and like by word of mouth and just like posting on Instagram a little bit Uh, and then like it just kind of spread to other people and then like more people started interviewing us and it just got out to like a larger like crowd and like it got out of Montclair too like we've had people like all over like around Montclair and like around the other towns like surrounding us yeah some lady came from Staten Island (laughs) other towns which I thought yeah, was like people have definitely like reached out to us more than we've reached out to them honestly yeah it has not been hard to find like girls or non-binary folks who want to come to the events and I think that's the most striking thing about it is like we didn't have to reach out to people we just had to make a post on Instagram and then there was this whole group of people who wanted to come to our event so that like shows that there is that um like there there are people who do want to skate and like didn't feel comfortable before doing it yeah I have to say like it's something to me that like I never thought about the fact that there wasn't really an opportunity for girls and non-binary folk to like actually like feel free to express themselves in skateboarding and those kinds of activities there's just nothing like everyone always just assumed oh we go to dance or we do that and this is like really awesome and especially that you guys are all high school students correct yeah that's awesome that's really awesome ben i think you were going to chime in and say something something that i find very fascinating is how you guys are able to um have such a good social media page like i think that you have a little nice little cartoon drawing that moves with the skateboard i i'm sorry that got i was like oh <laughs> i was like that's so cool um and i think that that was something that was really cool i like how you guys take some really nice shots with the skateboards and the wheels off of them i have no clue how you guys are able to put the wheels back that seems like you problem but um 
the I, I think that's really cool. And you guys really market and publicize your your group so well. Who's the one doing it? Is it like collective? Is it just one person? I mean, I founded Boardroom Skate, so I kind of took on all of those responsibilities. I like I like having control sometimes, so I like doing everything myself. So I am an You and artist. Amanda would be great friends. <laughs> I'm like, I'm an artist. I, was, I just think you're done. <laughs> Yeah, um, does all all the drawings for it yeah i make all the flyers and i do all the social media we have a facebook we have an instagram i actually um i curated the website um you know through you know a source so i was like able to add all the pictures and like have people register on there so yeah it's been really fun like you know curating this whole business <laughs> I also think like the reason our social media has been successful and like very well put together is because we're in high school so like we kind of have that understanding of like what people are looking for and like most people that come to the events are it's kind of geared towards like high school age people and people who are like more in our generation so like being able to understand social media in that capacity I think makes it feel more real instead of just some like big production manager trying to like relate to a younger generation. And also, I think that you guys at your generation are way better at social media than any person that else that does it. Yeah. And I know we were already just talking about it with Ben, but I know Caitlin was mentioning earlier, too, um, that your logo, just in general. I I mentioned that to Amanda. Like, I really like your logo. And I was just, did you... Like yeah, you and- do that yourself, I'm assuming, but was it like a idea you had right away, like this is going to be the logo, or was it something that you were back and forth between ideas, or? It was absolutely not the first thing I came up with. There were many <laughs> drawings that were done, but my mom actually helped me, like, formulate this idea of boardroom skate, because, you know, it does represent a woman with a tie at the head of a boardroom table, which is a skateboard. <laughs> And she's holding like a cup of coffee. So yeah, I think it's like going against the norms and, you know, it, it, rep- it represents us. <laughs> I love that you have like a little story to go along with it too. Cause I think that, that like hearing that from you, it's just such a unique, more perspective on the logo for sure. And yeah, I, I love it. And for anyone that's not, um, watch uh not watching us on facebook live or youtube later if you're interested there is you can see the video of olivia wearing her shirt for the, with the logo on it and stuff if you're curious of what the logo looks like but uh what has been like your favorite part of coming up with this what has been your favorite part of for the other members that may be being involved in this what has been the best part of this um for me uh definitely watching this like grow and because it started with just like a few a few kids like a few skaters and then it's grown to like 50 kids like just one event and I think that's just amazing because we like we give them this opportunity to like learn how to skate or like continue like skating and like giving them this community of like skaters where they can like make friends with and like we could just like share our passion with them. I think that's just like a great thing to see and like just see them enjoy it this much. Yeah, I definitely agree with Sophie on that. Cause I mean, there's like, there's a table that we set up at the front of the event where people, where everybody comes and that's the first thing you see. And it used to be like just me, Sophie, August and Emma just sitting there, maybe like one other girl and we would just talk and stuff. 
and it's grown to like at least over 10 girls that come over there and stay with us and we're all talking so it's kind of like we've just built like this little community of girls who just want to be like in a friendship like it's just a little friendship that we've got going <laughs> yeah I think like the another like really exciting part is that like we can all learn how to skate together like all the time at the events like there's no pressure by other people so it's like oh I want to learn this new trick and you can like grab your friend who like skates similarly to you who has like the same interests in skateboarding as you because there are like different styles and you can be like hey I want to learn this new trick let's do it together and that's like super uplifting and so it's like you have each other to lean on and depend on and like learn together and create together. I was gonna say like similarly like I do a lot of like filming and getting clips and stuff for boardrooms so I think one of the like craziest things to see is like just how like I have like a pretty like tangible record of like how people are improving and it's like really like fun to watch how like boardroom kind of fostered this like really great learning environment for people to come learn how to skate and like even just it helps like push us too to want to skate better and learn new tricks and stuff like that so it's definitely cool to see like not only how the like kind of collective itself has grown but also how like we've grown individually I think that's like an awesome way to look at it and I love that like I know we mentioned you guys were in high school earlier but I think it's awesome that you're just giving back to the community in this way and that you are like and I know it seems like oh well we're just teaching girls how to skate but like it's so much more than that you're really like a lot of people like a lot of times, especially in this last year, we've been more focused on ourselves. So to see it, that this emerged during the pandemic and that you guys were able to help others like enjoy a craft that maybe there wasn't as many opportunities for. And also I just want to add skateboarding. It's very hard. So nice. Yes. I, I can <laughs> I've I've tried before. It's it's very hard. <laughs> yeah. And to help people like that, like maybe just might be starting out and stuff, that's that's already a task in itself. So like that's awesome. I mean, that's actually one of my favorite parts is there's always, always a new girl that comes to the park and the events. Their their mom comes up to me and they're like, my daughter's new. She, this is her first time at the event. Can you help her like learn how to push? And I, I'm always the one to like go and help those little girls learn how to push and learn how to skate for the first time. And it's really rewarding because they get so hype about it. Like, I'm like I did it like I did that and I'm like yeah you did you can do that yeah that's what you're about to tell me that it's annoying I thought you were about to be and then I can't teach me how to push and you're just like oh my gosh (laughs) (laughs) no I love it that's awesome that's awesome I think like I remember like the first trick I ever learned on a skateboard Olivia taught me and like after learning it I was so excited and I just like immediately fell in love with it and like never wanted to stop so then it's like I can see the same excitement that I had when I was first starting in like younger people, which is so cool because I can like recognize myself and see like how these people can be growing up with skateboarding and how it can gain their confidence and gain their like motivation, which is super awesome. Yeah, and like August has only been skating for a couple months and just so much improvement. Like you're so good at skating. And like those little girls that, you know, she relates to, they're looking up at her now and like getting inspired by August. So it's like, you can learn to skate in a couple months and you can get really good. And it doesn't really matter when you start, so. Yeah, I was gonna say, it's also super cool to watch like 
we've had like moms come into the park and like get on the skateboard and like do some pull off some crazy stuff like even just like older like young adults that like want to come and like hang out and like learn how to skate or work on skating like I feel like it's really like yes it's like definitely more impactful maybe for like some of the younger people but like everyone's getting something out of it like everyone's you know learning and growing it's kind of cool to see like a wide variety of ages and we're just like all coming together to like do something like essentially we love now do you guys skate every day like is it like no matter what the weather is like it could be snowing and you guys still go out there and find a way to skate or is it like you have to have it on good weather um I definitely try to skate every day um just because like that's the best way to improve is to skate every day um I have lost a lot of skateboards to rain because I've been like oh it's fine I can just skate in the rain and then it'll get like water damage which sucks um but like weather definitely plays a part but that also is kind of what like east coast skateboarding is is like adapting to the weather yeah I don't don't want to be a person that only skates when it's nice weather because it's like more than that yeah it is like during the winter I didn't really skate that much but like I'm I'd say I'm pretty busy but like skating every day is really important or every other day at least because you know that's the only way you can prove you're skating every day now so just out of curiosity because we were because ben just made up brought up that point uh so what is a typical day when you like have the the skate sesh how does that like go with bringing all the girls together is there like a certain routine you guys follow when you guys are doing that or like how does that work um so it's not really just it's not really anything to it just like everyone just comes at different times anywhere from like 10 a.m to 12 um and they really there's no like check-in anymore because it the it got raised (laughs) the um (laughs) yeah but everyone can just come at random times and just free skate and we're just there to like help them like provide free waters and like masks they don't have them yeah, I would say the table at the front is probably one of the most important things because we have like, I think eight um, complete skateboards set up that we made at like this board build that we like had donations for and stuff. And so now we have like eight skateboards that if you don't have a skateboard, if you can't afford a skateboard, you can come and take a skateboard for the event and like learn how to skateboard. So I think that's really awesome. And we're always talking to people up there that have questions or anything like that. So I think it's really important to communicate with the people that come to our events so they know what we're about and like that we will embrace them. And we do get a lot of like roller skaters. So, you know, it's anybody with wheels. Yeah, like me, Olivia and Sophie usually get there at like 945 to set up, to set up everything. And it's like we used to come a lot earlier to, because there would be like a lot of trash that we would clean up, but it's gotten better. And now, do you guys take out the whole, like, is the whole space just dedicated to boardroom skate, or is there other people skating as well, and you have to kind of work around that? I mean, there are sometimes guys in the morning, and, like, we kind of kick them out. (laughs) Um, Sometimes people travel, like, to come to the Montclair Skate Park, and I have to tell them there's, you know, a girls and non-binary folks event going on right now, so you kind of have to go. And they'll be like, oh, I didn't know you rented out the space. And I'm like, oh, we don't. It's kind of just about morals. So if you want to, you know, stay and be annoying, okay. 
But Olivia, you- I love that. I love that you <laughs> control. You're like, just get out. <laughs> no, it's so funny. We're like, when like a guy comes to the park, we're like, Olivia, you gotta like like, tell them what's up. Like, yeah, we don't have like, a little debate about like who's gonna talk to the guy and tell them like you need to go right now. Yeah. Have you ever had any like pushback from that? Yeah, a few All times. The time. yeah, like a few times. Most people are understanding, like get it, and like are like, oh, that's cool. But some people are just very annoyed and like, what the heck? Like, there's well, no because they're speakers. not really getting. They're getting told to leave (laughs) when you didn't rent it out i'm not surprised that they're gonna be like wait a minute what do you mean i mean at this point it's like montclair culture like most people in montclair know about boardroom they know not to go to the skate park it's mainly just people that are from out of town and come to the skate park not knowing that these events are being held but also it's only two hours in the morning on a saturday like i really don't think we're asking for much yeah no I guess I get that it's super early in the morning too when like barely anyone is there also so it's like and you know there's like a bunch of stuff in the surrounding area you could like get a bagel or coffee while you wait for like a little bit just so like (laughs) girls can have a safe space it's not like that crazy of an ask yeah Yeah, the only people we get beef with are like the tennis people that like oh my gosh we have vendettas against them Those darn tennis players. No, a big, like, part of the Montclair Skate Park is that, like, it's a tennis court and that we share it with a tennis court. So our main pushback is from tennis players getting, like, mad at us for playing music or, like, for being too loud. You guys are going to watch tennis matches and just get mad. So when you watch it on TV, you know, I would never watch a tennis match. (laughs) Serena Williams is no longer a fan. You guys are no longer Serena Williams fans. Just... Wait, guys, I don't want to ostracize Serena Williams right now. Like, we need her. <laughs> well, as a former tennis player, I totally understand why we need a skateboard in Montclair. So. Well, unfortunately, we've actually reached the top of the hour here at 90.3 WMSC Upper Montclair, New Jersey. Thank you, Boardroom Skate, for joining us this morning. And if anybody is more interested in learning more about Boardroom Skate, like, where can they find out more information? They can either go to our website where we have most of our social media or our Instagram has a lot of, you know, information about our events and things like that. Or you can join our Facebook group. Everything is Boardroom Skate. So BoardroomSkate.com, Boardroom Skate Instagram, and Boardroom Skate Facebook page. (laughs) Thanks. Thank you for joining us today. And uh, to anyone listening, uh, if you missed any part of today's show, you could tune back in on Spotify or Apple later today or YouTube. But uh, from Amanda, Caitlin, Ben, and Emma, and the whole Boardroom Skate team, thanks for tuning in here at 90.3 WMSC, Upper Montclair, New Jersey.